And I began to realize that I was actually a part of the problem and a part of the system. And the system in our, in our country, in our healthcare, is, is one that's very reactive and not very proactive. Welcome back to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. My name is Mike Flynn, and I am honored to be your host. Our mission here on the Impact Entrepreneur Show is not just to inspire you, but also to help you tap into and begin to believe in your God-given potential and purpose. That's right, baby. We want you to not only be inspired, but experience breakthrough. And we do that on this podcast by interviewing incredible people who are using their experiences, their skill set, their platforms to have a game-changing impact in the lives of others. And here's the thing. None of these folks are simply sitting back, living a life of leisure. They have things to do, places to go, and lives to impact. Speaking of that, you have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. And when things start to happen, don't worry, don't stew. Just go right along, you'll start happening too. You will come to a place where the streets are not marked, some windows are lighted, but mostly they're dark. A place you could sprain both your elbow and chin. Do you dare to stay out? Do you dare go in? How much can you lose? How much can you win? You're off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting, so get on your way. In this excerpt from Dr. Seuss's Oh, the Places You Will Go, Dr. Seuss reminds us that our thoughts become our actions and our choices shape our destiny. And this is something that our guest, Dr. Jeff Moreno, co-founder and CEO of Power Lab, learned early in life. And I began to learn when I was a patient of his as he was treating me and helping me recover from a fractured ankle. Even as a kid, Jeff had an unusual superpower, the power of observation. He was always watching and learning, and through his observation, Jeff saw that movement is life, the result of curiosity in action. This ultimately led to him becoming a doctor of physical therapy and later a board-certified orthopedic clinical specialist, a lot of alphabet soup. But he was dedicating his life, his professional life, to understanding athletic development and movement skill acquisition in order to empower individuals with the opportunity and choice to become their best self, a choice that many don't realize they can make. In empowering others, Jeff is also passing on the blessing that a high school coach and mentor gave him, the understanding that if you put the time in and just step forward every single day, you can get what you want. But too often, athletes and active individuals run into unnecessary obstacles in the form of avoidable injuries. Jeff tells us that 60% of athlete injuries are not the result of training errors, but due to the reactive nature of our healthcare system. There's typically nothing a physical therapist can do until the injury happens. And frustrated with this dynamic, Jeff decided to start playing with power. Power Lab is a team of data scientists, practitioners, and sports scientists whose purpose is to empower individuals and give them the opportunity to sustainably 
optimize performance through resilient health. Using their unique system of data collection and visualization, they are able to better address each person as a complex individual and in turn, proactively keep players and teams moving forward. Performance is individual to each person, and it's not just for the elite, it's for everybody. So how can we optimize our performance? Well, Jeff believes it's the byproduct of three distinct things, preparedness, wellness, and resiliency. There is so much in this episode, and not to be too punny, but it is powerful. So bust out your pens and paper, take some notes, and brace for impact. Jeff Moreno, welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show, brother. I'm so excited to be here, and um, it's an honor for me to be able to hang out with someone that I, I think very highly of and, and do it in a format that we just get to, to hang out and talk and talk yeah. about yeah. Some, of the, some cool things that are going on right now. You know, I, <laughs> I don't believe uh, in, in coincidences, and, and I want to share the background about how we met because... We, we first met, and you may recall, we first met because our sons were on the same T-ball team. And we chatted a little bit, and, you know, and then T-ball ended, and we went about our ways and stuff. And I, the next time I saw you was after I fractured my ankle, and I went to go get some physical therapy. And you know, they were like, who would you like to work with? And I saw you, and I'm like, I want to work with that guy. And what was cool was, you know, the whole entire time that I was literally on that table and you're manipulating my ankle and trying to get it back to working the way it was meant and designed to work, you, we would talk about, you know, a vision and a, and a greater purpose and meaning and what your hopes and dreams were beyond the fact that you were already tending to and taking care of incredible people. But that you had a bigger vision for for the impact that you wanted to have on the world, and it was just something that I really uh, connected with, and I knew that we would be friends and be able to help each other fulfill those things. So I'm excited to have you here. Hey, yeah, that's um, at that point and stage of the game, um, and it continues today. Um, I would literally talked about. It talk about my purpose and vision to everybody because there's a lot of things that kind of happen around yeah. that time that yeah. pull me in that direction. And I, and I almost just couldn't help myself. Right, right. <laughs> and like, what's the risk to you? Nothing. Yeah, right? no. Like it's, it's, I was just reading, like flipping through Tools of the Titans, Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss, you know, that big, huge catalog. And, <laughs> I have it. And it's one, on my shelf. <laughs> one of the uh, one of his guests was talking about pitching uh, ideas, and he said basically to to choose an audience that you're not afraid to suck in front of. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, because there's no pressure. Because there's no pressure, and so you can refine your ideas. You can get feedback. You know, you can you can see how people respond. And in your case, because you are helping physically heal people, you can probably feel how they respond to what you, what you say. Yeah. And I, I think what helped me initially in the early stages is as I spoke about this purpose and passion that I had for a certain group of people, um, 
what drove me further and further into that direction was individuals' responses. And their responses were usually the same. First, I saw their eyes get larger. <laughs> then I saw their mouths open. And and then I saw this, this deep understanding of like, I get it. And as simple as that may be, um, why haven't we figured that out before? Um and so um, I knew that I was on to something. I wasn't quite sure um, and didn't necessarily have the tools at the time to get where I wanted to go, but it just felt right. And it just felt like I just needed to keep going in that direction mm. and, and keep stepping forward. Mm. And so that's what I did. I called my friends all over the world. Um, um, my background is, is an expertise is in motor learning and skill acquisition it's with regards to the running athlete. And so I, I got on the interweb and um, just started talking to, to people that I cared about and respected and, and their responses were amazing. Um, mm-hmm. um, so, and we're going to dive into all of that. And I know right now people are listening and they're like, okay, well, what is his purpose? What is his passion? What is this thing that we're talking about? And hold on folks, because we will get to that. But as you know, if you've listened to my show, we've, we've got to go back to the very beginning. And I, uh, because it, it, it gives us clues, you know, the origin story. And the way I've kind of been doing it lately is by using various quotes to kind of stimulate our thinking. And in this case, I've, I've chosen a, a very, uh, a Dr. Seuss quote from you or an excerpt from, from one of his books, which is one of, I think it's a, it's a must read for every entrepreneur. And that is, Oh, the places you'll go. And so the quote is you have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. And when things start to happen, don't worry, don't stew, just go right along. You'll start happening too. You will come to a place where the streets are not marked. Some windows are lighted, but mostly they're dark. A place you could sprain both your elbow and chin. Do you dare stay out? Do you dare go in? How much can you lose? How much can you win? You are off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting. So get on your way. Uh, and I, I was, when I was preparing for our conversation, I typed in, like, I wanted to focus on curiosity and how that really following your curiosity kind of, you know, tugging on that thread led to, uh, ultimately what you're doing with power labs. And I, I typed in quotes about curiosity. And this was one of the first things that came up because really what this is curiosity in action. And right off the bat, the good Dr. Seuss reminds us that our thoughts become our actions and our choices shape our destiny. So I want to know from you, when did you first become aware of the power your thoughts had over the action that you could take? I think it probably stems back to very early on as a child, I was not the most exceptional learner. (laughs) 
um, in the confines of the current educational um, environment. So um, I struggled early on with reading the the basic literacy components of of our educational system. But I had what I would say maybe one unusual superpower, (laughs) and that was the power of observation. Um, I can see things. I would, I remember as a kid very, very specifically just watching. And I would see someone do something and I would think, is anybody else seeing that? Or am I the only one seeing that? And so even though maybe um, I wasn't necessarily able to be great in the, from a reading standpoint early on or understand language or, or math, I had this, what I felt unique ability to, to see the world in a different way. And if I, if I create an analogy, it's kind of like maybe there's a blind individual who can't see. So one of his senses is taken away. And then the other, the other sense, his sense of space and his surrounding and touch become very heightened, mm-hmm. uh, heightened. And so I think that's what gave me the ability to move in the direction that I finally uh, moved in, which was um, the field of physical therapy, because it's a lot about observation. It's a lot about being able to see movement at varying speeds and understand the human body from a visual standpoint, and then create hypotheses based on what you've seen, Mm -hmm. and then test those hypotheses. So I think that curiosity and, and, and observing the world kind of moved me into a direction of, of where I am today. And, and, um, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't literally change anything. I've, I knew exactly what I wanted to do when I was 16 years old. It was a process because I wasn't the best learner in the world. And, and I, I dug in and, and had that purpose at that time to become a physical therapist and stepped forward and ended up going to uh, a school where I'm still trying to figure out how I got in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, USC. I went to USC, um, which which is a, is a pretty good physical therapy school, <laughs> um, the number one in the nation. And it just worked out. And then I took that same mindset into that field. Um, and um, it's, it's, it's been wonderful. It's opened up doors for me that I, I could have never imagined. Yeah. You know, going back to the, the whole realization that you, you, as a kid, you had a difficult learning in the, in, the, in the context of the traditional education system, right? It's easy for, for a kid to allow that to drive the rest of the narrative for their life, that I'm not a good learner, that because I couldn't fulfill this type of requirement, you know, that's just my destiny, right? So who were the influences in your life that empowered you to drive the narrative a different way? Yeah, I think, I think sport um, was a big part of my life um, and still is. I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing currently, but um, I had 
um, a few coaches in my life that um, really cared about me as an individual, not ba- not so, so much about the accomplishments that I were creating at the time, and and um, and that really made a huge impact on my life. Um, and I try to I try not to get too emotional about that because every time I talk about this, every time I talk about this guy, sorry, <laughs> it's a, no, I mean I, that's. That's the power of these shows is, is we, we want to get to these kinds of moments. Yeah, this this guy was very influential in my life. Made me believe that I can do anything. Even though maybe I wasn't the best student in the world, I had the ability to work towards something. And he gave me that understanding that if if I put the time in, and I just step forward every day. I can get to what I want to do. Mm. So, what was his name? His name's Doug Severe. Yeah, he's a was he a high school coach? Or? High school wrestling coach. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. and then obviously my parents are unbelievably amazing. But that one guy was was amazing. Skip forward twenty years. Um, I'm back home. And usually when I'm back home where I grew up, I, I, I run because that's what I do. Um, it's my time. It's my space for just to think and, and, um, and um, just be physically active um, and enjoy a nice run. So I'm running by my old high school. And during that time of the year, which is about December, usually the wrestling team is preparing for the season or preparing for a tournament. It happened to be a Saturday and I saw a bunch of cars there. So I randomly said, you know what? I'm going to stop in and see if my old coach is there. I open up the door. There he is. Uh, 20 years later, I hadn't seen him in 20 years. Mm. Um, walk into the room. Um, he stops practice. Um, he says, I want you to know this person. I'm extremely proud of him for what he's done. Um, he didn't tell them that I was a pretty decent wrestler. He didn't care anything about that. All he cared about is like that I've become a good person. Um, and he was proud of me for the for being that person. Mm. Um, and to me, that's a real human being. That's amazing. Yeah. And Powerful story. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. You know, it, it reminds me, of, I mean, that's, there's, a, there's a psychological theory called self-efficacy theory. And one of the core tenets of it is basically that it, it, it's, it's about building confidence, about building self-confidence, that you are effective, right? And it's about properly understanding that in context, right? So your coach was absolutely right that you could accomplish anything that you were willing to put the work in to learn, right? Mm-hmm. And to do and to and to uh, take the beatings on, right? And that it was incremental, that it was an incremental process and that it's something you had to to take on and approach and to to build the the will and the muscle to tackle it each and every day and ultimately that carried you forward into you know cal poly first and then usc for your doctorate and uh you know i don't know if you know this about me but i'm a 
huge Notre Dame fan, so I won't hold the fact that you went to USC <laughs> against yeah. you. Those are always great games. But uh, another another area, another part of that quote uh, from Dr. Seuss is you will come to a place where the streets are not marked. This stops most people. As soon as they don't know which direction to take, they, I, they probably, most people just stop. They don't even turn around. They just stop. And they assume that because they don't know which direction to take, that they shouldn't proceed. So this is an assumption that really prevents people from realizing what they're capable of. So how is testing assumptions and following that thread of curiosity open doors and created opportunities for yourself? Well, if I were to give a quote back to you, since you gave me a wonderful <laughs> Dr. Seuss quote, um, I think we we forget about kind of the bigger picture in life. Um, and Einstein talks about play as being the highest form of research, right? And and it allows for this um, form of exploration, discovery that that really doesn't allow for you to think about failure because you're just learning, right? And so when two incidents came up, and we can get into those if you want, but when these two instances came up about 10 years into my career as a physical therapist, it really gave me this um, opportunity to move down that road of exploration where I hadn't really taken that, those steps before. Um, I think, I think two words I love and part of that is what makes up power lab today is, and those two words are opportunity and choice. Mm. A lot of people are given opportunity to do things, but very few people actually make the choice to take the next steps. And that can be based on their internal and external environment that, that they've created or the, the perceived um, environment that they've created. And these two instances um, gave me an opportunity um, almost to the point where I didn't really have a choice. I had to take it <laughs> because I couldn't sit there in the current confines of the healthcare situation that I was working in. And I just, I couldn't sit there and ignore it anymore. So is that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. But so keep going. What's the first instance? So the first instance, 10 years into my career, I, 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 so you held this assumption before and you decided to test it. And this was the thing. Two things. These were the two things that that forced yeah, you to and, test it, and they were so close to each other mm-hmm. that I I just it's it just it was a snowball effect. So um, what were the two the things? The first thing, a ten year old kid came in my clinic in October of 2012. I, I actually know the date because it was so powerful. October 2012. This kid comes in my clinic, and his mom was. Uh, bring him in um, because he had low back pain. First off, no one at 10 years old should have low back pain. Um, second, um, the second thing is, is that his mom and was just curious about his, his running form because his running form to her was looked 
unusual. So as I began to assess this kid, what I began to see was something profound um, that he hadn't developed basic fundamental movements um, um, at the at the age of 10 that probably should have been met at the age of five. Um, it was almost like he was stuck in a closet and that he was only let out for very short periods of time and then he would return back to the closet. Not only did his physical manifestation of that was profound, but also his psychosocial, his, his ability to communicate was also very limited at, age, at an age of 10. As I began to assess him, what I found was inter- something interesting. There was actually nothing wrong with him. He was a wonderful kid. What, what was wrong with him is that he didn't grow up in an environment that was conducive to the natural development of him, um, not only from a physical standpoint, but from a psychosocial standpoint. His body was doing exactly what it was being asked to do based on the environment he was put in. It was self-organizing appropriately. Unfortunately, his environment wasn't appropriate. Um, Later on, um, one of my colleagues um, looking afar um, was watching this. um, And after the kid left, I said, what do you think um, his diagnosis was? And, and my colleague said, I think he has some form of a neurological disorder. And I said, no, he's, he's, he's perfectly fine. <laughs> he just it hadn't grown up in an environment that was very active, right? Um, and this comes down to the whole play thing. I mean, kids play for a very defined reason. And one, it's to explore their environment. Um, Two, it's to learn socialization skills. Um, and three, it's an, ex- it's, it's an acquisition phase for a lot of their fundamental movement skills mm-hmm. that are laid down specifically for that and during that time so it can provide higher levels of activity depending on what the individual wants to do later on in life. Or would I say just be a human? <laughs> yeah. um, so that was the first thing. And I'm like, I've been seeing this for a while and I've been seeing it at the highest, highest levels as well as the lowest levels, but I really never put the picture together that, man, this is a huge environmental issue that is being, that is becoming a big healthcare problem um, and will continue to be a healthcare problem if something's not done. Step forward a, f- a little while. I'm giving a lecture um, on um, the current trends on, on the running athlete at a major university in their athletic department. So all their strength and conditioner, um, high performance guys, um, their athletic trainers, and and what have you. And as I'm going through this lecture on the proper movement for the running athlete and what have you. The director of athletic training stops me during my lecture and says, I love all this. I love the understanding of proper movement, physical resilience for our athletes. But how much of this are you going to be speaking about in 10 to 15 years? And then, boom, it all came together. 
those all the dots that have been flying through the air were instantly connected. And I paused for probably about 10 seconds. And I said, none of this is going to change. And he was smiling at me because, and I think he was leading me towards this, because he just finished a four-year study at that university for all their incoming freshmen coming in the university. And all their incoming freshmen coming in the university, they were looking at um, injuries coming into the university as freshmen. So there's 1,600 athletes that they were they they studied. Um, and the, some of the findings that they found were profound. Like the kids coming in the clinic, albeit talented and some of the, the best athletes considered in the nation and highly cre- recruited athletes in the nation, um, they had some serious issues from, 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 from an injury history as well as from a movement standpoint, which led a, a certain percentage of them having almost on average, two surgical procedures coming into the university prior to being at the university. So once they step on the university, their risk of having another injury is just profound, right? Mm -hmm. So from that point, um, I took somewhat of a mental sabbatical for about six months, went really in depth into this, this understanding of of injury risk and movement and, and youth, um, and, and, and sport. And I began to realize that I was actually a part of the problem and a part of the system and the system in our, in our, in our country, in our healthcare is, is one that's very reactive and not very proactive. Mm-hmm. I began to realize that I only get to see individuals in my clinic if they're hurt, Mm -hmm. but there's so many risk factors that the, these athletes have prior to getting injured that can be acted upon to help prevent that primordially. And I wasn't given the necessarily opportunity to do that in the current system that I worked in, which was the healthcare system. And I became very frustrated. Like kids would come into my clinic, high-level athletes that I would see, and I would say, think to myself, "Man, this could have been totally prevented. This is something that I should never be seen in my clinic." But it was left to fester to the point that it became a problem because the kid didn't have any pain per se. So, or per se, any injury mm-hmm. until he fi- fell off the fence, so to speak. And now he's in my clinic, mm-hmm. but all those, those risks or, or, or potential sy- symptoms were already present for long periods of time before that injury occurred. Mm-hmm. And like what's an example. So, um, the, from a risk standpoint, um, let's just take the easy thing. One of the best coaches in the world, Dan Pfaff, talks about four things, um, what it comes down to in the world of sport. Um, And those four things is programming, lifestyle, mechanics, and quality therapy. The first two are extremely modifiable, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like 
what are you doing? How much are you doing? Have, have you earned the right to be doing what you're trying to do or have you not? Hmm. What we call preparedness. The second is, 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 are you doing the things that, that give you the opportunity to recover? So from an economic standpoint, every, we have so much money in the bank. So every time we work out or every time we do something, we spend money mm-hmm. in our bank account. Every time we rest, we deposit money back into the bank account. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure you don't overdraft. Yeah. And most people don't actually know where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so those are really key things that I would see in, in the clinic is you have a kid who's trying to do something that they're actually not prepared to do and they haven't earned the right to do, but they're trying to do anyway. They're spending money that they don't have. Mm-hmm. And we know that from the research that 60% of, of, of injuries are a result of training errors, mm. regardless of they have good mechanics or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, that's low-hanging fruit that right. no one's pulling. And I don't have the opportunity to inform them because I can't see them until they actually are hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, what's wrong with our system? Mm-hmm. And so I just, those two components created an environment for me that I could just no longer sit still and and just keep doing what I was doing. This episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group, a full-service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more. Based in Oklahoma, they work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the Impact Entrepreneur told you to call. So this was a mountain. Okay. So like that he concludes this quote by talking about facing your mountain, your mountain is waiting, right? So suddenly now you're standing, looking up at this mountain, a mountain of the healthcare system that you're competing against. Educational system. Educational system, the motivation of this 10 year old boy, the motivation of all of the athletes that you've worked with and will work with the uh, your family, your own children, your colleagues, you have this vision, you have this purpose that you're here to facilitate, you have a passion, which means you're willing to suffer for it, right? But then how do you even start, right? So like most people have this, this idea, they have this conviction, they have this conviction, you had a moment of conviction where all of these things came together when you were speaking to that audience. But what did you do next? So my next step took about six months. And maybe at that time, while you're telling this part, maybe you can explain what Power Labs is. It's a good opportunity to do that as well. Yeah, I think... um, So let me go back to that six-month period. I think the first step for me was to take a stand for something um, and to 
in essence, really figure out what my purpose was, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think everything from that point became more clear once I understood that. Um, I knew there was a problem, but I, I still didn't know exactly why I exist and how to how to move past that problem or move in a way where I can um, address that problem. Mm-hmm. So I built a website. That was my first thing. Move to thrive. Yeah, move to thrive. Yeah. Um, and I, I never have done that before. Um, I had a bunch of things to say that I had to get off my chest. And and six months later, um, I had this website. I called that guy that actually gave me that question, and I said, um, I created this website called Move to Thrive. Um, you should be a part of it. I'm making you one of my movement ambassadors. You can't say no. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we are now pretty good friends. And it went from there. And then I just started getting on the computer and connecting my friends around the world. And I said, you are going to be my movement ambassador. You are going to be my movement ambassador. And everybody was like, yes, this is a problem. Someone needs to do something about it. And so that's how it, that's how it started, so to speak, right. this, this, um, this process. Um, I remember even when we were, when I was sitting on your therapy table and you were kind of like telling me about this and move to thrive and telling me what your mission is and sh- sharing the story about that 10 year old boy. And, and then the connecting that with the, the challenges that uh, both collegiate high school, collegiate and professional athletes that you work with have face and, and constantly face. And then you move to thrive, continued to evolve ultimately into power labs, which is PWR Lab. labs. And, and I would love for you to talk about what, what it means, mm-hmm. uh, how you guys formulated this idea, how you built your team. Like, because and I'm, I was going to talk about that because like, you, here you are alone with this idea and you know you are a doctor of physical therapy now turned ceo and you know chief strategy officer chief executive officer all of these things which are daunting so you've got to be able to build a team of people around you that have a shared vision that are moving in the direction so so maybe what is power labs yeah first? so Power Lab, um, I think, first of all, Power Lab's purpose is pretty simple, um, but yet complex at the same time. And its purpose is to empower individuals and give them the opportunity to sustainably optimize performance through resilient health. Now, the word performance is individual to each person. Um, And we believe that performance is a byproduct of three distinct things. And and these are the common denominators that we see in the, in the best athletes, but also those people that, that really have no self-imposed limits. And you can think of that in the business world. And those three things are preparedness, wellness, and resiliency. So preparedness we define it as the ability to perform a task at a level necessary to achieve the defined goal. And that's what 
I was referring to the concept of earning the right to do what you are trying to do and giving someone the understanding and idea that, yes, I have earned that right. I have the money in the bank to spend and I'm going to spend it now. Mm -hmm. And, and that approach is, is really what we call the long game Mm -hmm. there. I actually hate the word performance and my team knows this because we, at least for me, my perceived idea of performance is that it's only for the elite, but it's not, it's for everybody. Um, and it's for those individuals who, who just want to step forward, but they're not so sure how to get there. And so Power Lab takes in huge amounts of data on an individual through very general hardware. Um, for, for our runners right now, it's just a GPS watch that has an accelerometer and magnometer and gyroscope on it. And we take all that information and we aggregate it um, um, into our framework. Um, and we give them the tool to be able to continue to take that step forward every single day with the understanding that if those three products are there, the result in the long term becomes performance. Mm-hmm. And this was no better stated by one of our current athletes right now who happens to be a world silver medalist in the eight, indoor 800 meters. And he's just a normal dude, but his the process that he went through is exactly what Power Lab was. So one day I'm, at, I'm talking to him and I'm asking, man, what's your secret? How are you doing this? He's like, simple. I get to the track. I show up. I'm, I don't worry about being the fastest. I don't worry about killing myself. I don't worry about the next guy in the next lane. All I do is show up and work to get to the next day so I can work to get to the next day so I can work to get to the next day. And that's my whole goal. Um, um, And it starts with health. If I can be healthy for the next two to four years or Olympic cycle, two more years until 2020, I know I can give myself the opportunity to compete against the highest competitors. And it's really that simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. I mean, if you have an individual for yourself, CrossFit, and you go into that gym on a consistent basis and you never stop the process, it's almost impossible for you not to get better and achieve your goal. Mm-hmm. So whether you're a recreational runner, a sub-elite runner, an elite athlete, it's all the same. Mm -hmm. Give yourself the opportunity, show up, take the next step and continue to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. That's our sole purpose. Mm -hmm. I don't care if that guy, I don't, I don't really care about the product so much. I care about the things that produce the product and that's the process. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's the long game and, and, and there are no unicorns, so stop chasing them. Right. The four-hour work week doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Yeah. You know, it's it's about balance. Um, right. And there, there, balance is possible in the human system 
requires balance. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, what you're kind of speaking to also is, is go, goes goes directly to Carol Dweck's research and mindset, where she talks about the learning zone versus the performance zone. And the thing that, you know, I'm not a competitive athlete. I, I, I'm a competitive person and I want to perform and I want to win uh, and I hate losing and I hate it when I'm not, not uh, you know, lifting as much or as fast as or whatever, right? And so a lot of times I'll let my ego get in the way and when I when that happens, that's where I get hurt, right? And so I think what what I'm hearing and, and what I, what resonates with me is that especially that story that you share with the 800 meter runner is that he's in the learning zone, so that when it comes time to enter the performance zone, he is able to not only able to, but he has done all of the work. He has earned the right to be in that zone and versus people who don't who go who who pay too much attention to being the the fastest or being uh, worrying about the person on the next lane when it doesn't matter because at that point in time nothing is at stake yes, right yeah except everything is at stake yes because if you overdo it you you you're not going to be able to show up when it matters most yeah and i that's where the op- that's where that word opportunity and choice come in mm-hmm. and that's why i love that cuz individuals like that whether you're in business or whether you're in sport it's really the same to me mm-hmm. give yourself the opportunity to succeed yeah don't don't take it away from yourself and people who play the short game they may have short term success but it, it it's unsustainable so we talk about athlete sustainability and availability. Um, that's the key. Um, and in professional sport, that is a big deal. Um, and that's why we've had to pivot a little bit and take this product initially to that realm because in that, in that realm um, and not healthcare, they incentivize health mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you have a $12 million guy sitting on the bench, not performing, that is a horrible business deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, but I actually think it's exactly the same for the general population. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, totally, yeah. we just, they think in the short t- short term, and we're we're thinking in the long term, and we're trying to get them to think, hey man, if if you can incentivize your payees or your consumers to stay healthy, to reduce certain risk factors for injury, or even better, chronic disease, man, mm-hmm. I mean. The long-term ramifications of that from a very small standpoint and then a very large standpoint globally, um, economically, are profound. Mm-hmm. And it's not different. Professional sport, it's just a little more behaviorally incentivized. Right. Yeah. Totally. Um, well, I was just thinking as you were talking that that, that that sports is an analogy for life. And 
And so people that are listening to this right now and aren't professional athletes, aren't running for or training for anything for competition or whatever, the, the idea of being prepared, of making sure that you're well and that you're resilient, all of those things matter, right? Like regardless of what you're doing. Yes. So, so if preparedness is, is defined as earning the right to do something, right? What is wellness? Wellness is, is the same component. So not, a, not only is it important to have a sound body, but it's also important to have a sound mind, but they're so interrelated. And let, and let me give you an example of that. For me, my form of physical activity is pretty simple. I run and I run a lot. Um, and I run in a beautiful place, uh, that, a redwood forest. And, and I ne- don't necessarily compete very much anymore. Um, but I do it because of wellness. It's my form of my physical, but also my mental health. It's the cheapest for form of of uh, of psychology for me <laughs> that that you can ever get. Yeah. Um, I do my best thinking out there. I get lost in my own mind. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. All the problems that I thought that I had going into the forest, I leave with none. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a form of wellness, right? That's a great analogy um, too. Going into the forest with problems, coming out with clarity. <laughs> so. Um, so we're taking this idea and this concept and this framework, and we are applying it to the general public. And we're giving the general public the opportunity to make a choice through our platform. Um, and um, it's awesome. I mean, it's for me, it's amazing. And Can anybody have access? To- every Anybody. Really? Yep. Okay. Through yep. powerlab.com? Yep. You just sign up Mm -hmm. and then, but at some point it's going to be a fee, I would imagine. Yes. Okay. But right now you're just collecting data. Right now um, we are collecting data and, um, um, and we've started to launch the fee component. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, that's been our vision for a long time. And now we've actualized it through the help of some of, obviously my team members, which none of this can be done without them. And that's kind of an interesting story in and of itself. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, and this, this technology right now is being used by some of the most elite athletes. And I think even military people Mm -hmm. and, you know, sports institutions, colleges, Mm -hmm. universities. And I, you know, I'm, I'm purposely not naming names because I don't know what you can share and not share at this point, but I know that that like that it's I'm sure that it's just you know you know Olympic athletes everybody right um, that are are using this this software this technology and getting this data so the ability to participate that at in that kind of resource at the you know individual general population kind of level is profound as and for me like I'm constantly focused on on trying to stay in the game by not getting injured because I, I, I hate being taken out of the ability to go and exercise because it is for me, one of my number one forms of therapy as well. And so I'm, you know, by the time that you, your body is speaking to you and saying too late, it's too late, you know, like listen to your body. If you're, your body was telling you two weeks ago to take a rest day. And now you, now you're being forced to take six weeks off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, we 
use very simple and powerful visualization tools to help someone understand this prior to the onset of an injury. And, and um, the team that we've amassed, I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how all those pieces align, mm-hmm. but they did. And, and the team that we have are able to use the understanding of analytics and predictive analytics and, and some crazy stuff to under, to look at, well, prior to the onset, this is here. You, you might want to change something. And that's that opportunity for that individual is pretty powerful, mm-hmm. right? Because again, it's all about getting to the next day and being able to step on the start line, whether you're in business or whether you're an athlete or you're, you just love to, you're a six month postpartum mom who just, wants to start running again, right? Um, giving someone that opportunity is well worth all the struggle that I've had mm-hmm. <laughs> and we will continue to have um, in these ne- next coming years. What were some of the, because you had to, you know, you had the, the passion to to and the idea and the vision, but ultimately you're not a behavioralist, right? You're yeah. not an expert when it comes to behavior. And that obviously is one of the critical components of this is behavior change. Yes. And and uh, I had Dr. John Berardi on a long time ago, founder of Precision Nutrition. And one of the things he said is that, you know, you you can you can uh, lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. And then he added, but you can make it very, very thirsty. Yes. And so you so, partnered with some yeah. people and your team. Yeah. So this is, there's, there's science to this and then there's an art to it. Right. <laughs> but if I were to step back and how that worked was in this process of creating Move to Thrive and then now it becoming Power Lab, like yourself, I was telling everybody in the world about my purpose and, and my passion for this process. And, and then Lo and behold, um, one of my colleagues in my office, husband, came to me one day, and and to this day I'll I'll always remember it. He was sitting in his car picking up one my colleague who's an, who's another physical therapist, and he said, "Kathy says you you've been working on something. What have you been working on?" And and so I then in turn because if I had an ear, I would tell them. I went through the whole thing and. He's like, hmm, that's really interesting. I'd love to help you. I, you know, can I can I be of help? And and I said, yeah. What do you do? <laughs> He's like, I work in the berry industry. And I'm like, how are you going to help me working in the berry industry? And what what I learned about this individual is one, he happens to be a very very high level cyclist um, as well as an ultra marathoner. But he also is, is has his master's degree in in economics and behavioral economics, and which is that's Daniel Kahneman's work and uh, Amos Tversky's work, mm-hmm. um, thinking fast and thinking slow. I think um, Daniel Kahneman, Kahneman wrote that, and so one thing led to the other, and I and he became my first partner. Um, I said. Yeah, I'll give you whatever you want. I had nothing at the time, <laughs> um, but I can instantly see that he w- understood what I was trying to do, and he was passionate about it. And he gave me the opportunity 
to fulfill a piece of the puzzle that I didn't have, which was the understanding of analytics and mm-hmm. data science, also the understanding of of behavior and the the power of the nudge. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so being able to use data and information to nudge people in a direction that can be used in a positive way, not a negative way, because mm-hmm. those nudges can go both ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we see social media um, being a part of maybe some of that negative mm-hmm. nudging. So that was the first incident. It became very apparent that something else needed to occur because we wanted to take in large amounts of data, but we're like, well, how do we do this, right? I mean, we need information. We need we need to prove that the framework is is worth worthy and and can benefit someone. So he's on a mountain bike ride um, up in the mountains um, with a guy, and the same story happens. The guy says, "Hey, what have you been up to lately?" And he's like, "Oh, um, I've created this company with this this guy, and here's what it's about." And the guy that he was mountain biking with happens to be kind of one of the principal coders for the second largest electronic medical record company in the United States by Epic or they're, they're, uh, the name of the company's Epic. And he's like, I'd love to help you. So the three of us got together. Now it's like this thing that actually can be actualized and that guy who's was a part of the electronic medical record is him and another guy now, um, a computer engineer, built from scratch, basically our own electronic medical record or health record that can take in the amount of information that Stanford takes in on a day. No problem. Wow. Um, and we already have 30 million uh, data points within the system. And he's built it from scratch. And you're practically getting giddy over here. Like people yeah. can't see this, but I see the body language and you're like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> like it's like, and all of that was done without funding because we had the people in place that can actualize it without the need for me to us to spend money to, to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, because that would have cost let al- us alone hundreds of thousands, if not million dollars. I mean, easy. Yeah, easy. And we were able to do it without actually taking a penny. Um, and so if it wasn't for those two guys, none of this would be possible. I mean, I had the idea of like being able to use data to, to look at injury risk and and, and potentially um, um, act on that risk prior to the onset. And I knew all the risk factors, um, and we're learning more as as data comes in. But I couldn't actualize it without those two dudes. Mm-hmm. And those two dudes completed the circle. Mm. And we're still kind of slowly completing the process. We we need other individuals to help us with certain components. But um, it's unbelievable how those things work. And 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 I believed it those guys came on because, because the purpose was real Mm -hmm. and, and they understood it and it made sense and it was bigger than them or anything else. And 
like myself, they couldn't sit back and just not do it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, um, funny how that works, but it 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 was amazing. I and, love that. I love it. And and what what are the pieces that of the puzzle that are missing right now? Just in case someone in my audience happens to have the skill set that you're looking for. Yeah, I think um, the pieces that are still need to be added, and we're kind of in a in a startup company as. As you know, um, everybody fulfills those small pieces right, yeah. at every single moment of the time. And um, but the marketing component, the go-to-market strategy component, um, um, the sales component, all those components mm-hmm. um, that we're all feeling the niche right now. Right. Um, but that'll come in time. Yes. Um, so. Well, as we conclude the this conversation today, which has been uh, deeply meaningful to me to hear some of the you share some of your stories too, especially how much of an impact your your high school wrestling coach had on you, and ultimately empowered you with the ability to believe that you could accomplish anything that you were willing to work for, which is coming to fruition still today, and and that you get to you know, passed down to your own children and to those that you encounter. It's, I mean, it's, it's amazing the influence that people have on us and that we then have on others. But as we conclude today's conversation, I want to number one, uh, say thank you for being here and sharing your story and, and, uh, doing what you're doing and taking the risk, uh, and being courageous to take that step forward and, bringing your, your beautiful wife and kids along with you, you know, on that journey. Cause it's important to make sure that they have buy-in too on what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, my wife has absolutely been amazing. I mean, I've quit my job basically and, and she's okay with that, which is pretty profoundly amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, a lot of that support is, is crucial. If you don't have that support, it's very challenging. Where can people go online to learn more about Power Lab and the incredible technology? Yeah, so if you if you can go to Power Lab, pwrlab.com, you can go to all the social media components, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and, and then I have a LinkedIn account. And I would encourage you to explore um, and give yourself this opportunity, right? Um, so when they go to Power Lab and they, they sign up, mm-hmm. and what what applications do they need or what 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 so, interfaces does the, yeah, the, the only, technology work with right now the um it's it's v- mainly um on a desktop um and we'll be translating that to either the, the android or obviously the iphone um it's an app um the only hardware that you need and and we're doing it with runners primarily right now is some form of a gps watch whether that's a garmin or a sunto um, and then it'll eventually be i the i the Apple Watch or iWatch, I and then other forms of of technology, but that's it. And then that's how we pull all your information in automatically, and then w- then we give you access to understanding where you are with regards to preparedness, wellness, and resiliency. I love and it. It's an amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I really appreciate this. It's sorry to get funky and emotional. Oh no, um, dude. That's that's <laughs> this is it's real life, man. I mean, like the emotional aspect of of things is what makes it real it's it's what the vulnerability that you shared is what is is the is kind of the through line 
behind all of this because you actually care. And the reason why you care is because someone else cared first and cared for you. And you're able to give that gift to other people, whether it's a 10-year-old kid, an, an athlete who's trying to pursue an Olympic medal, uh, a military person who's trying to perform at their best level so they can protect and serve, whatever, or me, just a, you know, you know, guy likes to go sling iron from time to time in the, in the CrossFit gym and, and doesn't just wants to stay active. For you know? sure. If you could pick any skill set that you currently possess, we're getting to the final questions now. If you could pick any skill set that you currently possess and turn it into a superpower, what would it be? Because life is really busy right now, <laughs> the skill of being okay with slowing down mm -hmm. and being in the moment, especially with people who are um, the most important people in my life. Mm -hmm. That would probably be the skill that mm -hmm. I need currently. Yeah. I love that. Actually, it ties directly into the whole preparedness thing. Yeah. Because when you need to make a, a debit from that account, you have to ask yourself, have you earned it? Yes. Yeah. That'd probably be a skill that's really <laughs> That you'd like to turn into a superpower. Yeah. That's awesome. What are three lies that we tell ourselves that prevent us from realizing our full potential? Yeah. Number one, um, I can't do it. The word try and can't should never be a part of anybody's vocabulary. Um, the So I guess that, that would be one. Um, number two, that I'm not smart enough. Um, probably for me, that was initially probably the thing that maybe I was told based on our educational system. Like mm -hmm. you, you don't live up to what everybody else or the average bear is doing. Therefore something must be wrong. Mm -hmm. No, it isn't wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just that um, not everybody's meant to be a part of that system at that point in time. Right. Um, that's the short game. What's the long game? Um, that's probably the, the second thing. And um, the third lie would be uh, that there's a four-hour work week. <laughs> Sorry, yes. Tim. Yeah. No, I, I think that... I, loved, yeah. I love you, Tim, but... Yeah, I, I think that, you know, what, what he was ultimately trying to do in, in that book was to communicate that there is definitely more an, a more efficient way that we can for sure work, for sure you know <laughs> the last question is how will you measure your life it comes from the title of a book that's that that's the title of the book how will you measure your life but i'd like you to think about it for a second it's 200 years from now and you have left a set of instructions for an artist a creative person could be a musician, could be a painter, could be a sculptor, could be whatever, that you, you've you left a set of instructions on how you would like them to depict your answer to that question. So from an external standpoint, maybe it comes back to giving, sculpting something that gives someone the idea of, 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 opportunity um, um, that I was placed on earth here to give people the opportunity to be their best self. Mm. And that can be a lot of different things, right? And so 
I, I would like that to be sculpted, but on a, on a more fundamental level and a more human level. Um, um, I think probably the biggest thing that I would like to be remembered for is that, um, that dude was just a good human being and mm-hmm. he, and he cared about others. And, mm-hmm. and there's a circle of us people around the world that I have very strong relationships with. And, and we all have the same kind of code and, and we all talk about people in the same specific way. And, and we always say, man, um, he's just a good human being, mm-hmm. regardless of what he did, um, regardless of a, his defined success. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the, the biggest thing that I <laughs> would like to be known for is just being a good human being. Jeff, man, thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and insight with us and, and for taking all of your experience and the insights that you've had throughout your career and stepping forward and packaging it in this power lab concept that is going to really have a tremendously positive impact in the lives of others. So thanks for sharing. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Thank you to this week's guest and thank you for listening. If you missed any of the key points and highlights from my conversation, we've got you covered over at theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash podcast for show notes to each and every episode. And while you are there, check out Flynn Wealth Strategies and Insurance Solutions. You can do that by visiting flynnwealthstrategies.com the Lawton Marketing Group and the Podcast Masters. We could not do this show without them and with all of their support. Now, until next time, go make an impact.